welcome back to another episode of Backstage, the Bachata Podcast, where you get to know artists, DJs, and organizers from the Bachata scene on a whole new level. My name is Lucy. My name is Jan, and today's episode is going to be quite heavy on technique, spinning technique in particular. For that, we have an absolute master of this craft with us. He has been dancing his whole life in various styles. He studied dance and music. He's been teaching for almost a decade and he's also a judge at Bachata Stars. So I think it's safe to say that he knows a thing or two about technique. And um, who exactly that's going to be, you will find out in just a second. He will introduce himself to you. Um, yeah, just a little word up front. It's going to be quite heavy on technique as you might imagine and it might even feel like an online class at some point so yeah hope you're ready for it let's do this all right okay hello hello everyone today we are welcoming felipe from madrid how are you hello i'm good thank you for bringing me here we're really happy to have you here <laughs> would you like to tell us a bit about yourself first Yes, right. So my name is Felipe. I've been teaching uh, Latin dances, salsa, bachata, cha cha cha, and so on uh, for I think around eight years professionally now. I started dancing when I was 15, Latin dances that is, uh, from my parents, and started uh, studying music and dance from a young age. My mom is a music teacher, so I guess that kind of runs in the family. And uh, I've done ballet, I've done funky, I've done gymnastics, I've uh, contemporary dancing, and well, a, a lot of things in between. And up <laughs> to this day, actually, like I keep, I keep um, trying to go to class every every day. Wow, that's a, a whole range of things. But I think this all really does reflect in your videos. For those who haven't maybe seen them, you really should. You head over to the Instagram or YouTube page. Um, if you watch them, well, Felipe and Tiago dancing, the technique is absolutely amazing, especially the spinning. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, so you can really see that it reflects. And well, today's episode is all about technique and spinning. And I think the first place we should start is why is it important? Why is technique important? Many people just want to dance to have fun. Oh, oh, that was a question. Sorry. Oh, yeah. um, well, <laughs> uh, well, I think technique, uh, the first question uh, for me, like for people to understand what technique is, is you need to differentiate between technique and skills. Like people usually, a lot of students come to me and ask like, what is technique exactly? Like, how do you define that? You know, like, as you say, some people just want to come and like learn some moves and start away dancing. You want to have fun. Like, I, I get it. But, like, unconsciously, actually, what you're doing, you're learning technique. Like, uh, technique for me is, is the method of doing something. Like, is the way you do something. So, whoever is teaching, the moment you go to a class and the class starts and they, um, they explain how to do a basic, they're already teaching you technique and how to do something. Like, actually, I, I was thinking of an example to explain this because I always have a little bit of a hard time explaining what technique is. But, like, imagine you want to open a bottle of beer, <laughs> right? For example, is the first example yeah. I came up with. How would you open that? The way you open it is a method, like, uh, is a technique. Like, some people just would, like, uh, bang it on the, on the wall. <laughs> some people even bite it off with the teeth. And then some people just bring the score screw and just open it. Okay, those are different techniques to open a bottle. Okay, is there a correct one? Well, there's a safer one indeed, but um, it's just different techniques, you know? So it's the same thing when you're going to class, even um, it's more fun to bite it off, I guess, but it makes more sense to just take the score screw and do it correctly. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to pay attention to the way you do things, to the to the method of doing something. If it's better or worse, that depends on the teacher, I guess, or whoever you're learning from. Um, I don't think there's such thing as a correct or incorrect way of doing technique. But there's definitely a more proper one to do it. So yeah, I think it's important. That, like, it's not that it's important. It's something you just learn whenever you go to class. That that's where they're going to teach you technique. So you're basically learning technique right from the start, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, then, yeah. The, mo the moment you go to class, they teach you the way of doing something. They're already teaching you technique. 
And is there like maybe a way some classes can be more technique heavy? Because I understand like the word technique also might scare off people a little bit if they just yes. want to go learn and have fun, right? And if you start yes. using the word technique, they're like, oh, that's, uh, that's that? not what I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think it doesn't demotivate then people maybe if they're there for the fun part? I think you can do technique in a fun way. Like depends on what kind of techniques you're doing. Like if you're explaining, explaining, I don't know, like in ballet, body anatomy, sure, it's going to be dense. But like if you're explaining partner work and you're like, okay, this is how you spin a person. Okay, and you explain all the proper technique and then you leave the like 15 minutes to practice. It's going to be still fun, but they're going to be doing it the correct way. It doesn't have to be uh, super dense and super boring. You can, um, I mean, like it's the base. Like imagine, just take like a beginner class. You go to the basic class. Okay, obviously you're not, you're not going to start doing like embrace. You know, like, okay, here's... Um, destroy your back on the first day. You know what I mean? Uh, you're going to start like uh, with a basic and how to grip, how to hold the grip of the hands. You know what I mean? How to hold hands and then going forward and backward and sideways and maybe like a spin of the two, which is easier. Um, you're already explaining technique, which is not doing it in a super technical word way, you know? I think the problem starts with because when people hear technique, they instantly think of like super complicated words. Like, I don't know, jeter, vraiment, frapper, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, <laughs> what is happening? You know what I mean? But you can just be like, one, two, three, four, five, and open, close, open, close. Simply explaining that you have to open and close a leg, that's already technique. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what you're saying is there's technique in everything, even if you don't really think of it as technique. It starts with things like just how you hold your partner, what you just said. It's like, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, well. there are different handholds. Yeah, it's just the way you approach people, I guess. Because you can imagine, oh, you, a bachata basic, one, two, three, four. Okay, have a basic. You open, close, open, tap. Right? That's a way of explaining technique instead of explaining, okay, you use the abductor muscles and then you close in with the abductor muscles. Okay, obviously people are going to be like, what's your problem? But you know what I mean? <laughs> it's the way you approach it, but that's already a method. It's already a way of dancing bachata in the first day. It doesn't have to be super heavy, but like you can just tell the people, okay, you really need to close your basic so you can drop stuff along the way. You know what I mean? It can be fun either way. I think it just depends on the way you explain things. Like I remember Tiago, for example, in a class, uh, we had this move that we had to do like attitude, passe, and then like complicated things with the leg. And he just started like, okay, imagine a dog peeing on the street and then typical baller in a picture. And then you straight it like you want to kick someone. And it's like, we actually had dancers, like professional dancers in class. Everyone just started laughing like, just call attitude a dog peeing but it works <laughs> you know what i mean it depends on how you explain things like technique doesn't have to be super boring it's just a way of explaining a method and it can be fun depending on who does it no one's ever told me that you know it is obvious that technique isn't everything that you do already from the basic but when you just hear it you just think about complicated things yeah but i think that's the problem is the mindset because people yeah. Uh, from what I've gathered from students and like dancers and um, people I've talked with, they, they hear technique and they instantly think ballet, classical dance and like uh, anatomy and uh, competition stuff. And it's like, no, everyone has technique. Could it be more or better or uh, more beautiful, however you want to call it? But everyone has it the moment you start dancing or doing whatever even in math like imagine you go to a math class okay a kid two years old i'm sorry not two years old six years old whatever <laughs> you, you're learning how to sum okay and they tell you okay we're gonna learn sums today two plus two how much it is and they give you a calculator and he's like okay but i want to know the technique how like how do you do the sum one plus one plus one plus one you know what i mean yeah. This is yeah. the same thing. Like the calculator would be, for example, copying from a YouTube video. It's the shortcut. Like, you're going to miss a lot of things. It's a shortcut. Like, it's a technique. It's definitely a method. It's a way. It's a technique. But I don't think you want to teach kids to do sums with a calculator straight away from the beginning. 
Okay, that but you can make sense. it fun. You can bring lollipops and tell them four lollipops, two plus two. Same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. In dancing, it doesn't have to be super complicated and super technical way of seeing things. I think everyone has technique, whether they know it or not. Actually. And is there a difference between the technique we use in social dancing and that we use in a demo and that we use in a show or a competition? Yeah. In partner work, you mean, or like about a technique? Well, first we're talking about partner work. <laughs> I think uh, there is. Okay. Um, there's technique for everything, as I said. Like, this is my, my way of seeing things. Like, you have technique for um, moves, for coordination, for balance, uh, flexibility, mobility. Everything has a technique, a proper way of doing things. Um, and I think where you're social dancing, like, for me, the most important technique is, um, in a way, anatomy, like being aware of the other person's um, abilities and skills. Like, I'll, if we're going to talk about spins, I'll, I'll extend that a little bit later. Uh, but uh, it definitely changes because depending, like demos, sometimes, demos, sorry, sometimes uh, you improvise everything and sometimes you prepare things. If you want to pull a stunt, like in acrobatics or something. Uh, there's definitely going to be a change in, in technique. And then in competitions, it depends on the competition. Um, like, uh, for I've been a judge of uh, Bachata Stars here in Madrid. And uh, in some competitions, they only ask you to judge technique that is already there, that they're doing. And in some competitions, they ask you to judge technique that should be there. Right. So, uh, okay. regarding competitions i think it depends on um on um the rules of that competition like i've even seen people disqualified because they were too technical too yeah technical. Doesn't, make any, doesn't make any sense to me but uh, we've even I've, heard of that like, you had too that. much technique for this dance competition sorry you're this when, when when does someone have too much technique yeah, that's what and, I'd like to yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> those were exactly everyone's feelings, but uh, don't want to get into that. But yeah, it changes. It changes. Because um, for social dancing, what you want is is quick reaction. Quick reaction, uh, reaction technique. You want things to be um, clear, like so the other person sees it, like the conversation you're having, the the language between two people. You, wanna, you want it to be super clear. And when you're doing a demo usually with someone you already know so yeah, there's a, even going to be like hidden language like i remember dancing with uh almodena uh, um, the girl i used to dance before and we had like this secret tapping on the hand whenever we wanted to like finish or to do whatever move that was a little more complicated <laughs> so it didn't take the other one of um comfort zone out of the blue and then definitely for competition it depends on on, on the rules basically like uh as i said in some competitions uh, they ask the dancers for the dance to have specific things like i remember the world championship here at la negra one year specifically said two buttons to like uh throw up the legs to the face like if those two were not in the dance you were not going to be in the competition for example but so once those things are in there you have to um judge however well they made that. And then some dances, and this happened to me, for example, the last time in judging a bunch of the stars here in Madrid, this couple um, kept adding ballet stuff, like classical ballet moves and uh, positions like dance pictures, but they were all wrong. Um, mm. They were not asked to do that. So if you keep trying to add things that you're not um, at a high level, with into a competition you're going to be judged for that you know what i mean if if you're in a social and you want to do like a classical stunt so to call it and suddenly you can't because there's someone you're going to hit them in the head uh no one's going to judge you like it's fine if you mess up that technique in a way like nothing's going to happen but in, in competition it definitely changes because you want more accuracy if you put something in it and does learning technique is it different between couple dancing uh, versus like man or lady styling? So like dancing on your own and when you learn it and do they help one another? They definitely help one another because uh, the more uh, solo 
let's call it solo technique. So it okay. makes more sense. But the more solo technique, the easier it makes uh, it uh, to dance in, in partner work. Like uh, a, a typical example that I always use is cambrai. Okay, like ima the typical, imagine a typical ballet dancer, back super broken, that you can, they can just touch the floor with the head, right, by themselves and recover back up. Okay, because technique is perfect, body control and, and anatomy control of their body is perfect and, and like the strength has worked. So obviously when those people dance with you in a social, you don't have to hold them when you do a cambrai and stuff. They're holding themselves because they have the proper body technique for that. So it definitely changes and just not in that, like um, in spinning, for example, if you're able to do two spins by yourself, uh, the other person is not going to need any strength to spin you. It's just not going to be needed. In fact, it's going to be actually worse. Like if you're able to do two spins by yourself, because your inner strength is enough. And then you're dancing with someone and they add more strength to that. They're probably going to, you're going to fall. They're probably going to give you too much strength that you don't even need. You only need a preparation. So it definitely helps. That's why I encourage people to do style classes, which is usually the misunderstood one. Like just people think that it's just like a choreo or um, let's just practice arms and spins. But it's actually those classes that improve your level in dancing because you learn how to control your own body. So when you're dancing in couples, you're actually thinking about the dance. You don't have to worry about, oh my God, it's going to push me too low or... Am I doing too much strength? Like, you know, like you have your own dance, the other person has their own dance, and then you're putting together those two dances to create another one. But definitely the more technique, as I say, technique, please, no misconceptions of the word, it definitely helps. Like, because if the your body technique is perfect, the other person's technique is good, like they control their own body in every way. And then you put that together, the, the results are going to be amazing because you control every single thing that is happening around. It's not just, I'll trust you, whatever happens, <laughs> you know, it, it changes. It definitely changes the view of, of doing something. Yeah, the way you put it, I mean, I feel like a lot of people do misunderstand or the, misperceive the styling classes, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of them. Uh, just because most of the times, I'm going to be very honest here, most of the times yeah, yeah. when I went to a styling class, I've been to a few, and like half of them were choreo classes, but I don't feel I get as much as the ones where, so when I went to uh, Cadiz, for example, for yeah. Essential Week, the styling yes. classes were amazing there because they'd really go from feet to your head up every joint and tell you how to use it, how to move it, and then in different moves. And I just, personally, I felt it was more useful than a choreo, because in a choreo, I feel there's more focus on the choreo yeah, than the actual moves. That, that's a thing I would encourage people also to do, because people usually, I don't know if it's out of fear or whatever, but they don't ask questions. Like, if suddenly in, suddenly in the class, there's a... Okay, like let's take cambrai. You have different types of cambrai. You can do a chest cambrai, you can do a back cambrai, you can do a release just with the head. And suddenly in the choreo, okay, in a style class, there's a head going back. Okay, if you have in class people who are not professional dancers, they don't have to know the name of what you're doing. So you have to explain it. Or even imagine the teacher, even because this happens, we just assume sometimes that people have to know these things if they come to an intermediate level or advanced. And people don't ask. Like, I've, I've seen people doing, for example, that move and hurting their neck. And if the body technique was there, that should have never happened. And they don't dare to ask in class, sorry, could you explain what that move is called, because mm -hmm. everything, absolutely everything in dance, whatever the position and whatever the move has a name, okay? We live in a world where, where yoga and Pilates and classical ballet, and there's a lot of physical activity, um, and everything, CrossFit, whatever you like, you name it. Egg, every single position in the body has a name. Even if you lift one finger, it still has a name in, in whatever category or sports or dance. And you should ask for that name. Like you should always ask. Like I've, I've seen, 
I've had students come to me with a video from YouTube like, wow, this movie is cool. I want to do this, but I'm hurting myself. Or the other person is hurting me because the name of the position, like, because you cannot identify what position they're doing, you, you're not able to do it. And um, it, it might be just a misplace of a foot that is hurting your body completely. And people don't ask. And this happens a lot in, in, in choreo classes because they think, okay, let's just get the choreo over and done with. It should not be like that. The choreo has a purpose. Like if at the end of the class, okay, if it's a master class and at the end of the class, you're going to record a professional video and they brought videographers and they're going to record all the students one by one doing the choreo. That means it's an advanced level class and you should focus on the choreo because you want to look amazing in the video. But if it's a normal class in a festival or an academy, ask every single thing every five seconds. It's a class you're paying for and is there to learn. And for you to learn how to do a choreo, you're going to forget about it. The class, if you go to a class, it's not for the teacher to record a video at the end. It's for you to learn. And I stand by this completely. And, and you really should start asking every single thing every five minutes because everything has a name. Everything has a technique. And if you don't like yourself in some movies because there is something amiss and you should be asking for the method, the way for the technique of that move and what it's called. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Now, <clears throat> so <laughs> I've obviously really loved watching your spinning videos <laughs> and everything <laughs> where you spin. It's so graceful. I've shared many videos with Jan. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Just one or two, yeah. I just did one you. or two. <laughs> I'm really excited to go into the spinning part of techniques. And I think a lot of people out there have, you know, it's, it's kind of the most, let's say, scary thing when you're dancing, learning to spin and learning to spin multiple times and different types. So I think the best way to ask first is, or the first question is, why is spinning correctly important and how does it differ for the lead and the follow? In partner work. Yeah, um, partner work. Why for is example. it? <clears throat> why is it important to know how to spin? Because you don't want to fall. Uh, no. <laughs> Thing <laughs> is, um, okay. Uh, one of the most complicated things for a leader to do uh, to spin someone is finding the axis, like the axis of the other person, like where they where they have the balance, because. Um, you can see someone that spins super, super well, and they dance uh, with someone who doesn't understand really well how the axis in a person works, and they can just throw them off, even if they spin really well. Um, so one actually in partner work, one of the most complicated things is for the leader, I think, because they have to find that balance of the other person. Like, like you tell me, how do you find someone's balance with one hand? Uh. <laughs> Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's more about sensations in a way. Like you have uh, the proper technique and method and like what the grip is, like someone with a round hand, someone with uh, <clears throat> two fingers, stick it in. Uh, and then you put it on top of the head and you have to find the balance and it's like, where could that balance be? So it's, it's actually a matter of repetition and, and, and practice and a lot of social dancing. Like, yeah, and you, you dance as a leader, right? Um, yeah. And the more you spin someone and the more you spin different persons, the more innate it becomes uh, to lead spins. And the more you're like, those spins were perfect. Yeah, you, you have to get a, get a feel for different yeah, dancers. The followers have their, for me, that's how I feel like they have their, yeah, the, way, the way they shift their weight or like where exactly their weight is in, the, in, the, in their body. Like, is it more grounded or is it more like in the middle or more up? I don't know, that's weird to explain. But yeah, exactly. I think so, the, the, like, easiest, the easiest comparison was, I think, one of my first salsa teachers. He said, yeah, it's like driving a car and every car drives a bit differently. You know, like you, when you shift gears, the, the shift gears is a bit different for every car. Yeah. For me, that makes a lot of sense. I like the I mean, comparison. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, like the, the way, uh, let's say I have two cars and the way I drive my one car is not the way I drive the other car because, you know, maybe with the second car, I need to be more yeah. gentle in going from second to third gear or, you know, so it, it's different. And it's, uh, yeah, like you say, it's, it's, it's a repetition and it's, it's, it's finding it, finding, uh, yeah, yeah, finding that I, balance for yourself. 
that's an interesting metaphor, but yes. Um, you never heard <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not really, not like cars. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, me neither. But I understand what you mean. It, it, it's a matter like you can have the technique, as we said before, but then it's actually a matter of, of feelings and sensations and then repetition and, and thrilling and yeah. and grinding the movement until you get it. While um, for the person that's actually spinning, I think it's the same. It's a matter of repetition, but it... it it gets a little more complicated because while the leader is having that feeling and sensation of um, driving the car with the hand, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to use it. Um, the, uh, the, the actual person spinning has to do the same thing, but with the whole body. Um, so that momentum. And I think, honestly, for me, I think one of the most difficult things in partner work to do is find the mutual momentum of the spinning like you both people have to find that momentum for the spin at the same time like if one of the, or of the two is too early on the spinning it's just not going to happen like everyone's seen for example Karen and Ricardo have you seen the salsa dancers doing like 50 spins on the spot right like her, te- her technique is amazing, but also his, like there's, I remember there's this move that he's uh, going into a full split while spinning her. So you're what? actually, you haven't seen that. No. Oh I my need God, to find go this that. video afterwards. <laughs> Please go for that video. There's this video, I think they're, she's amazing and he's amazing as well. So there's, there's actually an American TV in this competition. She's doing like 50 spins on the spot, pirouettes. And he's going into a full split. So actually the arm has to change um, has to change height at the same level while keeping the balance. And her she has to have this uh, body control where everything stays in place so nothing moves. Cause it's literally like, wow, whatever. Next level. That's literally next up level. That's impressive. But yeah, um, it goes a lot of things when you're when you're learning to spin like um in terms of body movement talking like the alignment of the of the back and everything along with the feet the shoulders and then also one thing that i think people are not familiarized in spinning is where you gather the momentum because i think um one of the misconceptions is that you take the momentum right at the beginning with the preparation like you prepare the spin and however much strength and momentum you throw into the balance, that's where your spin's going to be. And it's not true. You can find momentums in the middle of this play. You have different types of momentums. You can have, um, uh, it can be from your arm or from a hand or from a head or your whole leg or even the shoulder can give you momentum in the middle of the spin. Like, okay, a classical example that everyone's seen. Have you seen the typical ballerina doing fuetes? on the spot where you throw the leg up to Sikon and close yeah. and they keep spinning. Yep. That's finding momentum in the middle of the spin. They only, they took yep. off with the momentum for one spin, but they keep adding momentum in the middle of the spin so they can keep turning. Right. And we use that a lot, for example, in salsa. Okay. That's why the arms that I hear a lot like, wow, that's too much styling is not styling. It's momentum helping with a dance because it's too fast or because the other person is not giving it to you or whatever. Someone can get, okay. Yeah. And for example, a question, have you ever been dancing and you spin someone and then there's a lot of music, extra music. And you're like, let's just add another one to fill it. Yeah. So yeah. And that doesn't work unless you're planned for it, because if you plan for it, that means, you know, when to pick up the momentum to exactly. But if the follower, even if you had not planned for it, but if the follower knows enough spinning technique, can add a second momentum to finish that with you. Yeah. It shouldn't matter that you did not do a preparation for a double because the other person knows how to spin. Just can add a little extra momentum with the shoulder or with the head even. Um, so that's a thing that uh, people usually don't think when the momentum, they just like blindlessly try to keep mom- uh, throw momentum into the spin right at the first and they, they fall on the second spin and that's just wrong 
Like, it's not wrong, but it's tiring, and eventually you give up because it's, it doesn't have to be like that. Just, like, just throw all the strength you can and aim for four, and if you fall out mm. the second one, you try again. No, that, that that's that's what spinning classes are about, like, to explain momentum and to explain what a balance is and what alignment is and how to um, counteract strength with balance so the body stays in a spin and on the spot um so yeah that, that that's one of the things people usually forget and also leaders as well in partner work like you actually check what momentum you gave the other person of how much they took themselves yeah no i get it because um there's been a few times in social dancing where i'm wondering how should a lead approach spinning with a follow because sometimes i've had dances on <laughs> where they spin you almost every second with a minimum of like three spins. And then it's just, you know, it, it, spinning's nice, but sometimes you want to dance with kind of, you know, some focus <laughs> during the song. I want to um, see something. I want to see yeah. something. Like with the hair all over the face. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's one thing I recommend my students. <laughs> like if you're, if you dance of, as a leader, most of the time, that's one thing I recommend when spinning someone because, um, I've seen it happen Then people go social dancing and then all of a sudden they imagine they're at intermediate dance level. And mm -hmm. of course you want to try the cool moves and you want to do like the cool combos, but test it out first. Like I've, I've seen dances start like, as you said, like, okay, let's just throw a triple spin right at the beginning and we go from there. Uh, try it out. You have no idea who you're dancing with um, most of the time. So like, Try one spin, and if the the technique and body alignment and stuff is there, like imagine if I go bachata dancing and I do one spin, and the person has not spotted, didn't spot, like the head just went full around, like um, I don't know how to say it. Um, yeah, in a circle, not just... properly. Yeah, yeah, not properly <laughs> spotting, like in a circle, seeing like the whole room turning around themselves. I'm not gonna try Probably a double like spin. How I spin when I follow. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but that's all right. But like, it's that's not the problem of the person following. That's the person of the leader. That is the problem of the leader that wants to keep doing like super complicated yeah, moves. Yeah, not paying attention Look, to the capabilities. If you if you try one spin and the person did not spot and like a heel something happened with the heel or the person even half fell something happened. Don't go for the super cool moves with two spins or three spins. It's not going to happen. You're going to frustrate the other person. You're going to frustrate yourself. And and there's no point. Like, uh, technique does not... Um, how do you say it? Technique does not prove how good of a dancer you are. Like, or whatever cool move does not prove how good you are. Like, everyone started somewhere. I don't care if you're super famous. I don't care if you have a million Instagram followers or whatever. You started in the same place that everyone did, professional or not. Uh, so you should really try, not try, like focus on what the other person knows. That's, that's a problem I see with spinning a lot. They're like, or imagine, even to me sometimes, like, wow, you spin really well. Let's just spin. Yeah. I like, like... <laughs> I like dancing too. Dancing is not all about spins or... Or sometimes people come up to me. Has ever someone come to you and be like, no, but I'm a, I'm a beginner. I'm not going to do like super complicated stuff and super spins. And it's like, I was a beginner once to everyone in this room, social dancing was a beginner somewhere. And you should be aware of that. I'm talking about spinning now, but it expands to everything else. So stop trying double spins and triple spins if the other person doesn't know how to. You should always try it out first that's one work to both sides that's actually another thing because sometimes they try I've, that's happened to me that i spin someone to one side and the spotting is perfect and everything's perfect and then uh once happened to me that i tried to the other sides instantly with another move and they almost fell <laughs> because apparently I had only practiced spinning to one side um so try one spin to both sides that's first tip <laughs> Things happen. You never know. <laughs> and when uh, when you're learning how to spin, what should you focus on and how do you practice? You practice uh, mainly preparations and balance. Um, 
And I actually tell my, my jazz dance students this a lot because everyone loves spinning. Like if there's a spin in a choreo, you really want to nail it and you really want to have it and see yourself spinning. But uh, the most important thing is preparation. So the whole thing, preparing and balancing. Like um, what I mean is, for example, a pirouette that is on one leg, you're spinning on the spot on one leg don't go straight on top of that leg and try to spin do preparations and test your balance you go on top of a leg uh full point okay with the the, um, the ball of your foot and you're trying to maintain balance okay right at the beginning usually if you're cold if you haven't warm up it's you're probably going to test your balance for like two seconds three seconds you can even try this at home right now you go on one foot follow the foot and try to hold your balance if the balance is not there don't go for the spin because you can hold your balance up there without moving. Imagine moving and spinning <laughs> and circling around your axis and yourself. So basically that, that's what I, um, that's what I recommend. And then also, um, unless you want to be a classical dancer, which you have to go in uh, arm positions and stuff, but for Latin dancing, that like the set position for spinning is really is really set in a way. Some people spin with the hand right up to the heart, or some people with the right right arm in front. Mm. Test your balance that way, or with your arms up, for example, in bachata or salsa when they let you. But you always have to test your balance first. Do a preparation how you would prepare, or how someone would prepare you. Just go like bend your knees a little and try to jump up into that balance. And when you can actually hold that position for like eight seconds, 10 seconds, whatever seconds, and then you're like, I feel stable here. That's where you try to spin. Because people usually go to spin classes and they think that they're going to be spinning during the whole class, getting super easy. And or you try spinning and then you suddenly start like spinning, 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 spinning. You try it for three minutes and then you give up because you're super easy. Right? No. First thing is balance. Try balance and and. And, and one thing we do in, in classical dance is we never go for a full, uh, at beginner levels, we never go for the full um, spin. We, we want to control quarters and medium uh, spin. So you test your balance in, and then you go quarter, okay? One quarter and again, one quarter, another quarter, another quarter. Okay, that's one full spin. That's four quarters. Did it manage that correctly without uh, falling or quibbling? Okay, I try medium and medium. Okay, if something is off, we would try balance again. Okay, and then to the other side. Okay, if you did it right, you then do it to your left. So you do quarter, 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 medium, medium. Does it work? Okay, let's try one. One to one side, one to another side. Something was off. Okay, collocation, sorry, collocation, alignment. Um, my body was off to one side. My head was off to one side. The arm was too close. The arm was too back. Okay, back to balance again. And eventually, two spins is going to come like a pie. Like It's going to be super easy because you tested everything. You understood your own body. You understand where your balance is. You understand how much strength you need to put into that spin. And then spins just come naturally because you understand your balance. You know where the quarters are. You know where the mediums are. You know that one is super easy. Because you try every quarter, you understand where your body is in every single position of the spin. Because that's one thing people usually don't don't understand when they're learning how to spin is that you go instantly for a full spin and have no yeah, idea yeah. what happened in between till you get to that position. So try every position, every quarter, every medium, every spotting, and then when you're able to spot and you maintain your balance and you know every quarter, spin's just going to come naturally because you understand what your body's doing it every everywhere, everywhere along the way. So yeah, that that what a spin class would feel like for me, <laughs> teaching people how to find body control and balance. And with spotting, um, how is the best way, or what are some drills or exercises someone can do to properly spot? Because I think a lot of people struggle with it, and I know I did in the beginning as well. I'm like, what? I'm trying, and it just didn't work. And it, it took me a while to get there, but. Um, yeah, it was a lot of trial and error. For yeah, me. the thing the thing is that spinning is not a natural thing. Okay, what I mean by this is always like think of a baby. Crying can be natural. Laughing can be natural. Walking even eventually you learn how to walk. 
But have you ever seen a baby spinning? <laughs> 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 like, is that yeah. a natural thing? Is, is, is that a technique? Is it a skill you have to learn? Is, is, like, it's not a natural thing. It's not something you see like, wow, there you have an antelope spinning. No, oh, that baby is spotting really well. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not. Um, so in a way, uh, what I think uh, you have to understand is that it's not a natural thing. So you have to force your body in a way to not do natural things. Like, for example, imagine, um, have you ever done a, um, a paper plane? Yeah. Mm -hmm. By a typical you throw? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are your eyes able to follow that plane? Uh, I mean, like you throw it, can you follow the movement all the way? I, or when you're reading, your eyes go to one side to the other side? Yeah. I right. Mean, okay. Yeah. Did they ever teach you when you read, do not do it with your head? Do it like this? Just yeah. do it with your eyes? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're learning things that are natural to your body. Okay. It's like artificial things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Spotting and dance is one of those things. Okay, you have to fight uh, your the natural, natural being. Yeah. Okay, you have to spot. So you have to get rid of that thing. Okay, the body. What your body wants to do is see everything that is happening when you're turning naturally. You want to see where you're going. You want to see your foot. You want to see the space. So you get dizzy because you're seeing everything in a round motion, and you're mm -hmm. literally trying to be aware of everything that is happening as like natural beings that we are and you have to get rid of that um the spotting is literally um attacking something with the with the with the eyes okay um if it's literally that what you want to see imagine you're spotting to like a round thing you want to see that round thing blackout and that round thing again that's how you do not get dizzy yeah. That doesn't sound scary at all when you try to tell that to a beginner. <laughs> it's a blackout, right? <laughs> no, uh, but no, literally, it's a, like it's it's just a simple exercise. It's not even for spotting, but try to look at something, close your eyes, do a full spin on the on the spot, and then open your eyes again when you're in front of it. Okay, those half that half second that you're not seeing anything is what usually takes people time to understand that they have to get rid of that that body um, defense mechanism to see everything that is happening. You have to get rid you of mean that. You need to get like comfortable with that fact that there's a black Yeah, eye. you need to trust yourself that nothing is yeah. going to happen. You're not going to fall because you practice your balances and you're in full control of where your body's going. Um, so the head is the last thing to leave and the first thing to come again. Okay, so if you're looking at something and you start like uh, tiptoeing around your body, till your head can go no more to that side, you um, spin your head on one go, just the head, and then the body comes along. So that moment where you spot, where your head spins super fast, it's going to be a blackout. It should be black because it moves too fast. And you should get rid of that feeling that something's going to happen along the way because you did not see what was happening. And eventually it becomes the opposite because um, when you know how to spin and when you're spinning towards that direction and you're good at spotting, you're actually seeing everything that is happening. And if and that's one thing we that's why we practice, for example, in, in classical dance quarters, because when you're dancing in a stage with more dancers, you want to be able to spot quarters, not just whole turns, because you're going to hit someone with something if someone misplaces spin or whatever. So um, eventually, the more you practice that spot and get rid of that natural ability to control everything around you, uh, the spotting just becomes a natural thing and actually allows you to see even more than, uh, because you see fast, you spot fast whatever you want to see. It's not losing uh, control of where you are. It's actually having more control because your head just spins super fast to spot whatever thing you want to see. Uh, in partner work, one of the one of the advice that you should give is look at the other person's eye. Okay. It's not spinning and find them, finding them along the way. It's just not losing sight of that person. Like you look at them in the eye, however creepy it might be the first, the first three minutes of the dance, but that's eventually how you learn uh, easier. You look at them in the eye and they make one spin and you try not to lose one single moment of those eyes. And it's, 
spotting just comes naturally. Yeah. So I mean, there are many there are many aspects to spinning, and I think from what I hear, it's like it's important to know why your spin is not going well, right? I'm getting dizzy. Why is that? Because I'm not spotting correctly, right? But there are like I think there are much more things. Like for example, how can you pinpoint back to why things are happening, like mistakes in your spinning? For example, let's say I'm always falling to the front, for example, when I'm spinning. Like, why is that? Okay, so that's, what, that's what probably are, what are because your back aspects? alignment. Yeah, exactly. So probably yeah. you know like all the answers, but what are other common mistakes that you make in spinning and how can you pinpoint them back and, and correct them so that it doesn't happen? Okay. Um, one of the most common ones is forgetting a part of the body somewhere. Like some arm fell off or some like the shoulder went to back or the leg didn't close at the same time as the momentum. So usually it's 70% of the times it's some part of the body that people forgot along the way. Like if you're right-handed, you would probably forget your left shoulder or your left hip or something like, like the most, um, the most useful way to correct those things is thinking of uh, your shoulders and your hips and the points of your toes. They all have to be in two parallel lines. Okay, so when you're trying balances and you fall forward, it's usually because the shoulders were not in that line. Like the toes and the hips were in that those two parallel lines, but then when you went up to the shoulders, they did like a curve to the front. So you're telling your body to fall to the front. If you fell back, usually it's the opposite because you arched the back in some point. Like you always have to think about those two parallel lines and the arms helping you uh, find the uh, the strength in the middle to like spiral up into the spin. But usually it's those two parallel lines that usually uh, cause more problems. Just always think of those: the shoulders, the hips, and the point of your toes have to be in two perfect straight lines across the floor and the balance and the spins are, are just going to happen naturally. Um, but yeah, th that, that's the most common mistakes uh, when spinning. Because if it's not happening, it's not because you can't. It's because something is off and you still haven't found it. Uh, understand what types of spinning are you doing. You have open spins and closed spins, but uh, that's for another one. But... Uh, <laughs> Just understand what you want it to look like, what you're doing, and never get frustrated. If you get dizzy, it's because you passed your limit. Let it rest half an hour and then go back at it. But um, just just basically that for spinning, never get frustrated. It's not, a, it's not a thing of, Jesus, I didn't do those two spins, three spins today. Even I like, I, I like spinning a lot, okay? Like my maximum, I think, was once... On one go and one momentum, I think I did 14 on a festival. But, um, and then so I have some days that I try spinning and I can't even pass one because it's not my day, it's, it's not my balance day. It just happens because sometimes that happens. Like, imagine you try practicing on your non balance day, like that's a dancer thing. We, we always have not spin day, like, <laughs> even in classes, we're teaching and we're like, rehearsing before going to the class like okay i'm gonna teach this and you want to put a double and you can even pass one and you're supposed to be the spin guy uh you get rid of those spins whatever it's not important like it's not the end of the world if you <laughs> yeah, cannot pass yeah. one or two spins um just don't get frustrated like imagine you you're learning how to spin and you happen to practice on that day that your core is not strong enough to hold you you get rid of it you just give up um so no basically that like don't get frustrated because we all have our days everyone has their days and because you have a skill doesn't mean that it has to be perfect every time you do it like we're all people and however professional or not it's, it's not we're not robots you know and uh tips for ladies or well actually and any follow who goes from flat shoes to heels because the spinning technique then changes as well yes and no it doesn't change no? uh no okay it depends on what spins you're trying like uh as i say the ballast thing if you're trying balance on the ball of your foot 
the heel should not affect, affect anything like mm-hmm. absolutely anything like usually we uh when you buy a heel usually shorter than what your foot can actually go okay like when you go on the bullet foot usually your foot goes really really up and you're never buy, gonna buy a heel that is usually okay but like dance shoes usually are like maximum 12 uh, i've seen 15 centimeters but i've seen yeah have you seen more than that more than no, i think i've seen 15, 15. Nah. i think i've seen 15 yeah but like it's not that common usually it's like six Ten, seven eight 12 10, yeah and 10. 12 i've seen as well but usually the foot goes more because mm-hmm. usually more than the than the heel if you if you bought a taller heel than where your foot can go that's not a dance shoe it's for a drag queen uh <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but like <laughs> but like uh yeah but usually your foot goes higher so if you always practice your balance in um, on your maximum ball of foot uh your foot arch it, they should not really affect you when you're spinning for dancers usually like the heel is more of a of a look thing like it's more aesthetic and actually um of course the of course it's going to help you because it, it, it's going to get rid of that um stiffness or like a plastic so from a train trainer or something but any dance shoe can do that but it doesn't really should affect the way you dance because it's it's a fake foot so to speak if you yeah so like if, if you've practiced like if you control your body and you go to the full of your foot it's going to be aesthetic like of course it looks pretty it looks good but it shouldn't affect you when you dance because you control your foot and you pass that heel when you're spinning i guess it probably even helps because you have to it forces you to have a balance centered yeah balance. like i don't imagine like can you spin with your heel on the floor no. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Just, I haven't always, tried, but I don't think it would work. <laughs> yeah, you're always going to pass the floor with the heel. So if, if you're in control of your of your spins and your body and your legs and your foot, mm-hmm. the, the heel shouldn't really affect you. So I would actually recommend uh, dance barefoot without a heel, always on the ball of your foot, like in socks or like um, in ballerina shoes. And when you're able to maintain a whole dance of three minutes on the ball of your foot, the heel is actually going to look short for you. It's, your body can go so much more than that heel. Like You're going to look pretty. It's aesthetic, but you can do so much more than a heel does. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think we can... I mean, we've been in for an hour. Uh, unless, is there like, more stuff you want to talk about? Maybe something on your mind, Felipe, that you haven't covered? Like, like if it's a spin thing, uh, the only thing uh, I think it's missing uh, is talking about types of spin because usually people uh, have them in right, spins to the right, spin to the left, and that's mm-hmm. not a thing. Okay, well, you know, go for it. What kinds of spins are there? I don't think <laughs> okay. I know many. <laughs> okay, you have tons of different positions for spins for the body. You can do it on the axis. You can do spins jumping into the air okay tours you can uh spin jump uh you can spin on the floor and then different positions depending on how you put your arms and your legs but basically the main um how do you say it? the main dichotomy between spins would be um open and closed spins all right uh if you want the french terminology for that and the don and the uh but it's definitely not right or left because that's the terminology we we use because it's it's useful it's simple for classes or for uh social dancing whatever but it's not really a matter of turning to the right or turning to the left it, it's you can do a turn to the right open and a turn to the right close which for other people that would be a left uh, let me explain let, let me rephrase it let me explain this a little bit uh, so imagine you're gonna spin on the right leg, okay? Uh, so your base for the spin is gonna be your right leg, okay? If you're moving your left side on top of that leg from the right, that's gonna be a close turn because you're closing the body on top of the axis, on top of your spinning leg, your base leg. If you're spinning on the right and your body's moving away from the axis, so that's it on the right leg but to the left that would be an open 
spin because you're opening the body. All right. Um, so instead of uh, being like, okay, you step on the right leg and you're going to spin to the right or you spin into the right leg and you're going to spin to the left because then you have uh, spins that transport you in space. That's where it gets a little more complicated to talk about right or left. And that's why we talk about close or open and uh, So depending on whether your body closes or your body opens. In bachata, for example, if you take um, the follower's left le uh, left arm with your right arm, that's going to be a close turn usually to the inside of the of the partner. Okay, you're going to the inside of the partner work. If you take um, if you spin to outwards, okay, outwards of the couple, what would you call that? Okay, imagine, imagine you have the uh, leader, okay? I have my right hand and I'm spinning the other person towards the inside, towards my face. Mm -hmm. Okay, that would be a close spin because yeah. they're yeah. closing the body towards me, okay? If I have exactly the same hand, but I'm spinning all the way outwards, away from my face, I'm opening the other person's body to spin, that would be an open turn an open spin okay so that that's how example you can explain those type of moves because if you start explaining no we're gonna spin to the right but it's on the right leg okay right, yeah. no yeah, we're gonna okay, spin yeah. to the left but it's on the right leg how can i spin to the left on top of my right leg how does that work so that that's why we explain uh we always differentiate between close and open yeah. types of spin either you're closing the body or you're opening yeah. the body and the manner or whatever your feet are doing is not really as important. Like that's yeah. why we usually don't say left or right because you can spin on top of the right leg to the left and to the right and on top of the left leg to the right to the left or you can travel in space and it just becomes this super complicated thing thinking about right or left and then you forget your foot and then you twist your feet and then you get frustrated because you don't spin because you're not really understanding what your body's doing. Is your body closing or opening into the axis? Like, mm -hmm. where do I put that momentum, that preparation that I'm finding? I'm putting it on top of the leg or out of the leg? You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like, if, if you want to get a little more information, you can even go to YouTube or Google and look for Andedang, Andeoch, or like close open types of spins. And you get like the classical definition of people doing it in videos. Like if someone wants like a visual aid, because it's really hard it's really to explain. Hard, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's the yeah. first time I explained this um, um, talking, <laughs> but I think it's a really Very important thing that you should really check out. Um, so you understand where your strength should go into the spin. So you understand what you're mm. actually practicing. Because I see people practicing spins randomly. Like I just do this, boom, to one side. Like, no, understand if you're closing or opening the body because it's going to help you find your balance when you're actually spinning. Like, if you close too much, you're going to fall to the front. If you open too much, you're going to fall to one of the sides or to the back. That really helps you practice spins when you're on the balance. Are you opening on the balance up there or are you closing on the balance up there? So you don't close too much or open too much your momentum and your strength. So yeah, those are open and closed and the diamond, yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so yeah, when, when people want to either see videos of you spinning or maybe you have uh, online lessons on how to improve your spins, like how can, how can people find you? Okay. Um, so I have my Instagram, Felipe Ramirez Dance. Um, and then we also have the, the Instagram for uh, Felipe and Tiago, Felipe and Tiago official and we had we actually did a course during the first quarantine back in march uh we did a course called bachata at home uh so people can work on their proper like own body technique about like how body movement spinning there's a whole um there's a whole block on spinning types of spin and how to spin cool. uh and position and yeah um so basically instagram and YouTube also, sorry, I forgot, Felipe Tiago. You can also look for YouTube. And yeah, 
those three. And that bachata at home class, where, where, where's that? Um, okay, so we, we have it. Uh, you can just uh, DM us on Instagram or cool. through YouTube, and we uploaded it to two platforms. So it's 26 whole classes uh oh. on body technique where we explain all the all these steps basic steps of bachata technique classes spinning body movement musicality we also explain the music behind the every bachata song and how to interpret it and yeah so you can just uh send us a private message and we can send you all the information on the 26 classes I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a DM. At least I'll have something to do because I can't dance with anyone right now. So you I know. know. Yeah. <laughs> I cool. Feel you. Awesome, man. Thanks for joining. All right. Thank, Thank you, you so guys. much. Thank you for everything. <laughs>